Well, you saw the announcement video just a few minutes ago about the Vision Virginia offering, which we've been taking for a few weeks now. This will be the last Sunday where we're actually uh, be taking it in-house, but it'll still be received this week digitally. I just want to encourage you. Uh, we're, our goal is 13000 You saw that we received 9000 We're so grateful for that, but that means we're about $4,000 off from our goal. So that means if 40 of you would just plunk down a $100 bill, we'd take care of that, right? Uh, we would love to do that. You know, remember uh, about, a, about a month ago, Brian Autry was here. He's executive director of the SBCB. Uh, and we're so grateful for our state convention. And uh, when we give to the Vision Virginia, it helps to support our regional missionaries. And just want you to know that, that the SBCB and their missionaries, uh, like Steve Bradshaw and these other guys, have been such an encouragement and a resource for us in the midst of COVID. Uh, so just to continue to think about that and pray for them as you give to the Vision Virginia. But also, uh, disaster relief is another avenue that's used in Vision Virginia as well. Uh, when we think about all the hurricanes, this is certainly the way uh, that we're able to give and help as the money goes from here to, to help with the disaster relief in, through that Vision Virginia. So if you've not been able to give, we encourage you to do so, especially this week that we could meet that goal. Well, we've been looking at uh, discovering the disciples' path this, path this year, and we've been in the book of Ephesians for quite some time now. Today, we're going to uh, continue in the book of Ephesians. We're going to look at serve in every relationship. As we've been thinking about the, the discipleship and being a disciple, what does that look like? And we've talked about uh, knowing the foundations, the pillars in place, uh, the uh, actions of advancement, which is growth, and then now toiling in our task, which is serving. And then uh, we have this week, and then one more week in Ephesians, and then we're going to move to the book of Jonah, which I'm excited about uh, as well, to finish out this series on discovering the disciples' path. So we're thinking about relationships today. And so as you think about the relationships that you have with in, within your family, uh, at workplaces, or wherever they may be, as you think specifically about uh, those that we'll be looking at here today, uh, what if we could somehow look inside your homes from this past week and see your interactions that you had with each other as spouses, as children, uh, as parents to our kids, as kids to the parents, uh, and uh, maybe we could get a picture of all that and then throw it up on the screen this week. Would you like that? Well, I'm not sure we would all appreciate that very much. Uh, or uh, your interactions at work, interactions with your coworkers, or interaction with things that you've said to or about your boss or the boss about you, uh, whatever it may be, those who work for you. Or what if we went online and saw some examples of your interactions with others this week? Well, we can do that, can't we? But what does that look like? as disciples. For us as disciples, beloved, it is supposed to look different from the rest of the world. Can I get a witness? Amen. It's supposed to look different than what the rest of the world looks like. And so we're going to come to this very next practical passage of scripture where we find a beautiful picture of how we are to serve the Lord Jesus day by day in every relationship. Now, as we look at this passage today, I'm going to use sort of, I'm going to come at this passage. We're going to start in 521, where we left off last week, and go all the way through 6, verse 9. And we're going to come at it from a sort of 30,000 uh, altitude view of things. We're not going to dive too deep into the weeds today 
of wives and husbands and husbands and wives, children, parents, that sort of thing. And before you call me a chicken, uh, before you're getting into this passage of Scripture, know that I did preach through this passage two years ago as we were looking at a topic, Building Families for His Glory, and we dealt with these passages of Scripture plus others more in depth. But I want to look at this from a more uh, upper-level view as we look at the principles that are, can be applied not only in these relationships but in all of our relationships. So as we get into that, here's what we first need to know and what we should know is, that, is this, is that through Jesus Christ, as disciples of Jesus, having been born again, bought at a price, we've been purchased by his blood, forgiven and redeemed, through Jesus Christ in us, everything changes. Amen. Everything changes, so everything means everything. Everything about us changes, including our relationships and our interactions with others. Because here's what we want to understand as we walk through today's messages and passage of Scripture, is that the gospel story, the good news of Jesus, the gospel story has shaped your story. Okay, As a disciple of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus has shaped you is trans- and is shaping you. It's transforming you into, into his image to be more and more like him. So the gospel story has shaped and is shaping your story. So how does it shape our relationships with others? Well, we are going to see specific relationships here. But again, the principles that we learn today permeate and transcend every relationship. Y'all with me this morning? Amen. All right, well, let's look at Ephesians 5, starting at verse 21, going through 6, 9. If you're able and honor reverence to the Word of God, if you'd please stand as we walk through this passage of Scripture together. The Bible says this, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we're members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, And the two should become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord." Bond servants and mas- bond servants, obey your earthly master with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as, as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he's a bond servant or is free. Masters, do the same to them. Stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there's no partiality with him. 
All right, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. And Lord, we, we come before you and we acknowledge, Lord, that who are we that we would come into your presence? That you are God and we are not. And yet, Lord, we're able to enter into the holy of holies, not based upon our own merit, but yours, Lord Jesus, because of the cross of Calvary. And so, Lord, we come before you, humbling ourselves before you, asking, O oh God, that you would speak to each one of our hearts. Lord, that we would search our lives and the relationships in which we have with not only family members, but other people around us on a day-to-day basis. And may we be honest with you about what those look like today, whether those are in-person relationships or whether those are online or whatever it may be. God, that we would look like Jesus. Lord, may you inhabit our time together this morning with your spirit moving in our hearts and in our lives, guiding us to a place of commitment and surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus. And now, Father, may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, as we look at this passage of Scripture, if you were able to pick up one of the little bulletins when you came in or you downloaded it, or if you didn't, you know that there are two points, two main points here. There's a couple of sub-points under each one, and then there are three to-dos at the end if you're keeping notes, and I think that's always a good thing. As we look at serving the Lord Jesus in every relationship, the first thing that we want to see here is that we are to serve the Lord in every relationship in actions. Not just in the things that we say, not we're just claiming that we are disciples, but in, in reality and how we're living that out, we're serving the Lord in, our relation, in every relationship in our actions. And so we start this uh, section today where we left off last week. We're going to back up one verse uh, to verse 21 of chapter 5 and see that as we do that, we remember that last week we talked about how we as disciples are to be walking in love and walking in light and walking in wisdom and walking in the Spirit. And as we talked about walking in the Spirit, remember that's being filled with the Spirit, where we're yielding ourselves to the Lord. We're, we're surrendering our all to Him completely. And as the Spirit has control over us, then we see the results or the effects in these next verses uh, and the uh, evidence of being filled with the Spirit as we come to this one in verse 21 submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so we want to look at that verse and see that it is the key for what follows in verse 22 all the way down to chapter 6, verse 9, as it deals with wives and husbands and children and parents and bond servants and masters. And we'll look at the principle of bond servants and masters as employees and employers. And so the first thing we want to see there as we look at verse 21 is the first part, verse 21 is the first part of that verse is that we're submitting as we're yielded to the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, submitting to one another. And so then what are these actions If we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in every relationship, what are these actions? There are two actions, and the first one that we are to see in us as disciples is first the actions of humility. Now, as we think about this actions of humility, understand that this is what's happening in us as disciples, the actions of humility, and we see it in the word submitting. 
submitting to one another. And this submission, as we think about submission, submission, as Paul writes this letter, submission, the submitting to one another, really had, at that point in time, submission had really flowed only in one direction, from down up and from the lesser to greater. But what Paul is urging the believers there in Ephesus and what we know from the Word of God speaking to us is that believers as disciples, we are to submit to each other. No matter where we are on the scale of things, we are to constantly be submitting to each other. And so this submission idea, this submission includes choosing a posture of humility that leads you to serve other people. Y'all with me this morning? Amen. So this this submission, it, it includes choosing humility, this posture of humility that leads us to serve others. So the Word of God is calling each of us as disciples, every disciple of Jesus Christ, to live a life of mutual submission. And as we think about our relationships, we need to think about, beloved, what is going on in our own life. As we think about our lives as disciples, are we living a life where we're submitting to one another? Is this life that we're living as disciples, are we living a life of humility? And so as we see the practical aspects of these these relationships, there is to be, as disciples, listen, there's to be this humble submissiveness to each other. But understand that before you can have this humble submissiveness to each other, there must first be a humble submissiveness to Christ. That's where it comes from, because it's not natural within us to have this humble submissiveness. Someone may say, well, Pastor, look, I I hear what you're saying today, and, and here's the thing. I may humbly submit myself to Jesus, but I'll just tell you, I am not about to humbly submit myself to my husband, or I'm not about to humbly submit myself to my wife, or I'm not about to humbly submit myself to my children or to my parents or to my employees or to my employer or to anyone else for that matter. And I would say, have mercy. (laughs) You would tell me that. But you say that you will humbly submit yourself to Jesus. Well, I would say to you, if you're going to humbly submit yourself to Jesus, my question is, is Jesus Lord of your life or is he not? I mean, don't we follow his example as the Lord of our lives? And we're going to humbly submit to him. I mean, we think about the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that he is the creator of the universe. Amen. We know that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is God almighty. And yet we know that he left the glory and the splendor of heaven. And he came and he walked among us and that he stooped and washed the dirty feet of the disciples. So we have this humble submissiveness that we see in the Lord Jesus that must be seen in us as disciples as well. Amen? Amen? But here's the problem with too many disciples today, too many who claim to know Christ, is that people, even among disciples, people think too highly of themselves and think too little of others. We tend to think too highly of ourselves and too little of others. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 tells us this. 
For by the grace given to me, Paul says, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And then if you move to the book of 1 Peter, Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, verse 5, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, whether you're the elders or the younger, no matter who you are, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. You see, as disciples of Jesus Christ, friends, this is who we are to be in all of our relationships as we're to be humbly submissive toward one another. But we tend to think too highly of ourselves and not clothe ourselves with humility. You see, friends, here's the thing is that when we were, listen, when we were dead in our trespasses and sins and when we were walking in darkness and when we were living according to the passions of our flesh or the desires of our flesh, it was then that we had delusions of superiority. It was then that we said we would never humble ourselves. But now God has made us alive and God has done something different in our hearts and God has has transformed us by the Spirit of God living within us as He has forgiven us and changed us and saved us and is transforming us. And now everything about us has changed. Everything. The old has been put off and the new now has been put on. And so this gospel story, the goodness of Jesus as you are one of His, the gospel story has shaped your story. Amen? You see, here's what you need to know is that when God saved you, when you were saved, he didn't save you to exalt or glorify you, but to exalt and glorify himself. It's through his spirit in us that the world sees him, not us. And so as the disciples who are filled with the Spirit and yielding ourselves completely to the Lord, our actions will be actions of humility, submitting to one another. I mean, just think about this. If every disciple were to put this into practice of what it means to be a disciple, humbly submitting ourselves to, to each other, I mean, how different our world would be, right? How different our world would be. When we think about what we're seeing uh, on the news, what we see in the debates, what we see no matter what we're looking at, when we just go to Walmart and we ha you know, have interactions with people, how different our world would be if we would live this way. How different our marriages would be, how different our families would be if we started right here of humbling ourselves and submitting to one another. So serve the Lord Jesus in every relationship with actions of humility. That's what's happening within us. But then also the second sub-point is actions of honor. So we're to serve in every relationship in actions of honor. And so that means that is pointing toward what others. That's, that's what needs to happen from us toward other people. Because in verse 21, he says, submitting to one another. And as we look at this practical code of relationships of disciples here that's being given, God reveals how each person is a person of value. You say, well, I don't see that, Pastor. Here, Well, you need to understand the culture in which Paul is writing this letter. 
Because in the culture which Paul is writing this letter, you need to understand that wives and children and bondservants were not valued, or that, nor were they considered to be important in that day. But Paul addresses all of that here with each of these as being real people of value. And he includes them and being in, when he talks about being in submission to one another. He said, well, I don't know. When I read some of this, Pastor, I mean, I'm not sure that, that that makes me sound very valued as a wife or as a parent or as a child or as a master, whatever it may be, a boss. Uh, but but here's, let's, look, let's look at this. Because God's Word raises the status of wives here. As He tells us, the, the Word of God, the Lord tells us, through his instrument here, Paul, the status of wives is raised as now wives are to be loved by their husbands as Christ loved the church. In verse 25, it says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Then you skip down to verse 28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. So God, God's word raises the status of wives. And then, for, then also we see that God's word raises the status of children as they are to be encouraged, not provoked, but taught in the faith with discipline and instruction. In verse 4 of chapter 6, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And then God's Word also raises the status of the bondservant as they were to be treated the same way that their master wanted to be treated, with respect and with honor. For in verse 9 it says, Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there's no partiality with him. And so what we learn is that we're to treat each other as disciples with honor. Why? Because the gospel has changed you. The gospel story has shaped your story. And so in every relationship, we are to honor others, submitting to one another. And this honor is to respect and to esteem each other. And so as we look at these relationships specifically, wives humble themselves and they are to honor their husbands through respect, submitting to their leadership and their husband's accountability. And husbands, well, they humble themselves and they honor their wives through loving them sacrificially and nurturing them and caring for them and shepherding them. And children, well, they humble themselves and they honor their parents by obedience and respect for their parents. And parents humble themselves and they honor their children by teaching them and shaping them and not provoking them, but encouraging them. And employees, well, they humble themselves and they honor their boss or their, their employers by giving a good day's work with a good work ethic. And then bosses, well, they humble themselves and they honor their employees through treating them the same way that they want to be treated. You see, as disciples, what a difference this world would be if we lived out being a disciple. Amen. Because the gospel story has shaped your story. It's lived out in your relationships as you serve the Lord with actions of humility and actions of honor, submitting to one another, and then also out of reverence for Christ, which leads us to the second point. So we're to serve the Lord Jesus in every relationship in actions of humility and honor, but also in awe. In awe. So what is it that 
motivates? What is it that stimulates us as disciples to have these kinds of relationships? Besides the Spirit of God who works within us, what is it about it that, that stimulates and motivates these kinds of relationships? It's awe of our great God. Amen? So the gospel story, what has happened in our lives through Jesus, has shaped and is shaping our story. So in verse 21, he says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so this all that we have is that we are, to rem- we are remembering Christ and the cross. We're remembering Christ and the cross. So as we are thinking about this all that we have, we're remembering Christ and the cross. And this is what needs to be happening in our own lives. So notice, as we look at these relationships and how we're to live as disciples, whether he's talking about wives or husbands or children or parents, the the bond servants, the masters, whatever it is, notice what happens here is that Paul always brings it back to Christ. He always brings it back to Christ. And so he says, look, in verse 22, wives submit as to the Lord. Verse 25, husbands love as Christ, love the church. Chapter 6, verse 1, children obey in the Lord. Verse 4 of chapter 6, parents bring up children in discipline and instruction of the Lord. In verse 5, bond servants obey and serve as you would Christ. In verse 9, masters treat them the same. You both have the same master. And so serve the Lord in every relationship and all remembering Christ and the cross. In reverence for Christ, it says in verse 21. And the word reverence means, uh, it, it, the word that, that comes from reverence, the word that's there is in the Greek is the word phobos. And phobos might be paraphrased as awestruck, reverence, or, or deep respect for Christ, but it's also the word in which we get the word phobia, phobos. Phobia, so it's a fear. So living the life of the disciple must include this reverence, this awesome reverence to the point of almost fear here for Christ, remembering Christ and the cross. And what is it that we as disciples that helps stimulate and motivate us, what is it that we need to remember to help us to have these kinds of relationships as disciples? Here's the first thing we need to remember. We need to remember that God is God. Amen? God is God. He's God. And as not only is he God, but he is real. That God is real. That Jesus is a real person. That the cross is a real event. That God's story is real. And that it has made a real difference in us who are disciples. That we remember that he alone is God. And he has shown us how to live. I mean, listen, friends, even as we look at these relationships that we're talking about here with wives and husbands and, and children and parents, bond servants and masters, all these different things, as we even look here, we, we can think about Jesus. As we think about wives, Jesus is the perfect example of humble submission. Jesus is the perfect example of sacrificial love as we think about husbands. Jesus is the perfect example of obedience to the Father. Jesus is the perfect example of training and encouraging and loving his children. Jesus is the perfect example of serving with a sincere heart. And Jesus is the perfect example of being a loving and caring master. And so we remember that God is real and also that God is right. Amen? Now we tend to forget that little piece, don't we? That God is real, but God is right. 
So he is God, and as God, he is always right. And his ways are always right. And since he is God, and he is right, and he's always right, that means that he always gets to call the shots. Amen? Because he's God, right? Amen? And so that means that he calls the shots about what marriage is to look like. And he calls the shots about what parenting is to look like. And he calls the shots about what working is to look like. And he calls the shots about what relationships look like. You know, friends, here's the thing as disciples is that we are quick to say, even as conservatives who believe the Bible from cover to cover, we are quick to say, hey, God calls the shots. And so marriage is between a man and a woman for life. And we're quick to say, hey, God calls the shots. That means that children, they're to be disciplined and they're to obey their parents. Hey, we know that God calls the shots. And so we're quick to say, hey, God has no favorites. And so therefore, everybody is to be treated equally fair. Hey, you know, we're quick to say those things, and indeed we should be because those things are true. But let me tell you something. We should be just as quick to say that God calls us shots about how I am to act as a believer in humble submission and in honoring others and in loving sacrificially and in working diligently and treating each other with respect. Amen? So we're to serve the Lord Jesus in every relationship in all, remembering Christ in the cross. In 1 Peter 1, verse 14 through 19, Peter writes these words. He says, as obedient children, so as disciples, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. So don't go back to that old way of life. That's what he's saying. Don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it's written, you should be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially, we're going to give accountability for how we live this life as disciples. So if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear. There's that same word. Phobos, phobos, where we get the word phobia and reverence for Christ, okay? Conduct yourselves with fear throughout your time, the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. So in other words, you are to conduct yourselves holy as he is holy, out of fear, knowing that you're going to give accountability, understanding, remembering Christ of the cross, that you've been paid for. And that you've been paid for not with silver. And you've been paid for not with gold. And you've been paid for not because of some tradition, but you have been paid for as a disciple by the precious blood of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Not with perishable things as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So we're to be in awe, remembering Christ. And the cross, serving the Lord in every relationship because the gospel story has shaped your story as a disciple. Amen? Amen. He's God, He's real, and He is right. All right, so serve the Lord in every relationship, remembering Christ in the cross, but then the second sub point is also revealing Christ in the cross. So, in these relationships, as a disciple, this is what's happening toward other people again. So as we've said, the gospel story has shaped, is shaping your story. And so you, as a disciple, are on display to the world. 
as a matter of fact, He is on display in you. Right? Amen? He is on display in you. So remember, as disciples, that you were dead and now you're alive. You were darkness and now you're light. That your relationships that you have, whether that's husband and wife, or whether that's children and parents, whether that's employer or employees, how you relate to others, your relationships reveal Christ to a watching world. So how does, what does your life reveal about Jesus? Because you are telling the world, as you live this life out as disciples, you're telling the world that the gospel story has shaped my story. That I've been changed by Jesus. But then the question is, are you really living that out as a disciple? In every part of your life, including that of being in the relationships. You say, well, pastor, you know what? I hear what you're saying today, and I understand it. But I have to be honest, pastor, that as I look at my relationships, whether those are marital or parental or social or working, whatever it is, I have to be honest, I feel like a failure. Because, Pastor, truthfully, it's easy to, to make a good show as, as it would, people would look at me and seem to think that we have a perfect marriage or a perfect family or a perfect job and perfect life. And I could put that, put that on for a couple of hours each Sunday. But this day-to-day of living it out, well, Pastor, that's not easy. So how do I do this? How do I live this out as a disciple? Well, you know what? That is a great question. And the answer to that is found here in just a second. That the gospel story has shaped your story. And so you're to remember who you are in Christ Jesus. Remember who you are. I mean, that's the first three chapters of Ephesians. Paul tells us who we are in Christ. And let's just go back to one of those places in chapter 1 of Ephesians. Uh, the second week we were going through this uh, book. Uh, we start, started in verse 15 and went to the end of the chapter. But let's just look at verse 16 through uh, verses 20 here, and remember what Paul said. He says, look, as disciples, I don't cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I'm praying for you as disciples, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And here it is, verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And so here's the answer to this question. How can I live this life out uh, with my relationships looking like a disciple, looking like Jesus Christ, loving like Jesus taught me to love? How can I do that? Here is the answer. It's by the power of Christ. It's the immeasurable greatness of his power. And this power is so great. It's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the power that seated him at the right hand of the Father. It's that power that you have as a disciple to live out these relationships with each other, humbly submitting and honoring in awe of our great King. You see, friends, here's the thing. The, the right path or the direct path to right relationships with others is on your knees. On your knees. 
This is the direct path to having right relationships with others. It's on your knees where you are depending on Jesus, throwing yourself in his care. You know, what if we treated every relationship with humility and honor? What if we remembered that God is real and that he's right? And what if we continue to be in awe how he saved us and how he transforms us and how he's changed us and that the world is watching? I mean, how many people would be pointed to Jesus as we live that life? Because the gospel story has shaped your story as a disciple. And the work of Christ touches everything. It changes everything. It affects, it permeates and saturates everything in your life as a disciple, and he gives us the power to live this out. Three things to do. We're done. Number one, come back to Christ. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord Jesus, but just think about your own relationships and how that's on display for a world that's watching And remember, just as we looked in this passage of Scripture, that everything, Paul brought everything back to Christ. Maybe we need to just come back to Jesus. We've been living for ourselves. We've been selfish in how we've been living our lives, and we've been thinking too highly of ourselves instead of what we ought to be thinking. Come back to Christ. You know, I couldn't help but to think, as I was even looking over the message this morning in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, that the Lord Jesus speaks to the church at Ephesus. And he tells them that even though they have all their doctrine right, all they're doing some of the right things, that they have something against them, and that is that they have left their first love. Beloved, maybe that's some of you here today who've left your first love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Come back to Christ. The admonition from the Lord to the church at Ephesus was to remember. Remember from where they've fallen and repent. And redo the works as at first. We need to remember Christ and the cross. And remember the price that's been paid for us. And let's come back to Christ and live out this life of being a disciple of his. Amen? We're not disciples of the world. We're no longer in darkness. We're no longer dead. We're alive in Christ. Let's live that out. Come back to Jesus. And then the second goes along with that. The second to do is surrender to the lordship of Christ. It's time for us as each as individual disciples to examine our hearts and lives and say, hey, am I really letting him be the Lord of my life? Is he on the throne of my heart? Or is he only there on Sunday morning from the hours of 10 to 12? Is he really my king? Friends, hey, let's surrender to the lordship of Christ in every area of our life, including the relationships. Because here's the thing, the root, listen, the root of all problems in relationships, it can be boiled down. I mean, you take any kind of relationship issues, the root of all problems in relationships is this, sin. Right? That's the root of all problems in relationships. But here's another piece to that. And all sin is rooted in selfishness. I want my way. I want it done this way. I want to do it then. I want to do it here. I want to do it how. I I want. I, I want. It's rooted in selfishness. Come back to Christ. 
surrender to the Lordship of Christ. And then thirdly, fast and pray about your relationships. I'm so grateful that you all have been praying and fasting with me on Fridays as we're making our way to the election and praying about fasting and praying about our own hearts and our own lives and really praying for revival and refreshing in our own hearts and our own lives. And for this Friday, I'm asking you to fast and pray about your relationships. Asking the Lord, Lord, where do I need to humble myself? Where do I need to be submissive? Where do I need to honor people? Lord, how do I need to be more in awe of you? Let me, let me remember the cross. Let me remember you, that you are God, that you're real, that you're right. And let me reveal you to the world through the relationships that I have. Pray and fast about your relationships. If you're joining us online today, we're so thankful that you're with us online. And we would love to know how we could pray for you or pray with you. If you'd send us an email at info at mpbclife.com, we would love to know how we can minister to you, pray for you, or walk with you through anything you may be facing. For those of us who are in-house today, I'm going to ask if you would just bow your heads with me this morning as we close out our time together. And I just wonder that as we have our heads bowed and we spend some time, let's just talk to the Lord here for a minute. As we get ready to talk to Him, Would you be willing to say to me, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm having difficulty in a certain relationship, whether it's marriage or children or parents or worker, co-worker or whatever it may be. I want to look like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. The gospel has affected me and I want to live that out daily. Lord, would you just, Pastor, would you just pray for me that the Lord would help me to live out this life of being a disciple day by day? Just lift your hand up, put it right back down all over. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I see that. Yes. Yes. Father, I pray that you would be with us as we confess before you, Lord, how we need to be men and women of God who've been born again, bought at a price, changed and challenged by you, that you, your story, the gospel has shaped us and continues to shape us and to transform us. That who you are should permeate all that we are and all that we do and all that we say and how we act and react and interact with others. God, I pray that you'd be with all of us here today who raised our hands and even those who who didn't raise their hands or those who are online today that would be willing to say, Lord, help us as we know that the right path of right relationships is on our knees, depending upon you. God, would you help us to be the people of God you want us to be? The people would see you living in us and through us. Not so that we're exalted, but so that you're exalted. Lord, guide us, direct us, and lead us to be your people every day all the time for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All God's people said.